0: Well, I hope you're doing okay. Look at that. Miracles never cease. It ceases never a miracle. I didn't disappear today into that nothingness when I started the show like yesterday. You know, I always think about the Mario games. You know, when you're playing Mario and and uh, I see Jen's here, Athena's here. You know, um, when, you, when you're playing Mario and uh, Mario falls off the cliff. I always think there's like a pile of billions and billions of Mario's down at the bottom of that cliff, right? Down at the base. That's where I went yesterday (laughs) we lost our video. Anyway, welcome. Welcome, welcome. It's very hot here. It's on its way. It's about 94 right now. It's climbing ever so higher. It's going to reach at least 100, if not more today. So uh, glad we got in early. I've had the AC on in here all day, (laughs) keeping it cool for me. So I can do the show. Anyway, welcome. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the for the next hour or so. I've got a great show lined up for you. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We're 45 strong up and down the state of California. Which means if you have paranormal needs and you think you might have something going on in your house, just give it, shoot me an email at californiahaunts.org or californiahuntsradio.com and I can get somebody out there because we're all over the state, right? okay well we got a great guest today i'm really excited um my guest i hope i don't mess the name up garnet schulhauser let's hope i got the name right you know how i haven't bought names guys he has a unique story to tell and i think you guys are going to be very very interested in it i know i am I'm, I'm eager to hear what he has to say but uh oh yes one more thing in the announcement saturday i'm teaching a second development class it's for basic second development entry level If you think you might have psychic abilities or already have them and you want to learn how to control them a little better, this is the class for you. So check it out at California Haunts Meetup and uh, come on down Saturday, okay? Anyway, back to my spiel, my opening spiel. My guest, uh, I heard him on another radio show and he was terrific. And I really wanted to get him on here and I did. I'm real excited to have him. So without further ado, I'm going to bring him on. Hello, sir.
1: Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Pretty good, thank you.
0: Tell us about you.
1: Me? Well, I'm a retired lawyer. Excuse me. Um, I retired in 2008 after I met, about a year after I met my spirit guide. Um, So, and since then, I've been uh, busy writing books and doing radio shows and uh, conference presentations and stuff like that, promoting my books. So it's been quite a a transformational change for me from being a corporate lawyer to being where I am now.
0: Now you talk about meeting your spirit guide. How did you meet your spirit guide? How did you know it was your spirit guide?
1: Well, I'll tell you the story. Um, I was still practicing laws back in 2007 and I was walking down the street one sunny afternoon in May when all of a sudden, seemingly out of nowhere, a homeless man jumped in front of me and stopped me in my tracks. And he looked like a typical homeless man. He had uh, long stringy hair and a scraggly beard and dirty slept in clothes. Uh, but I didn't go around him like I usually would when I encountered homeless people on the street because he had these amazing, dazzling, sparkling blue eyes. And his his eyes seemed to be penetrating deep within me right down to the depths of my soul. And, he, and I sensed that he knew everything about me, everything I've ever said or did in, in my life, which was strange because I'd never met this man before. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel violated because at the same time, he was his gaze was sending me this this wave of i i would call pure unconditional love that was fusing my whole body with an amazing sense of peace security and well-being i'd never felt this good before in my life it was just truly amazing so i stood there like a deer caught in the headlights Uh, and then he broke the spell by saying to me why are you here and then he promptly disappeared into a nearby store But when I collected my wits, I went into the store to find him. I had to find out who he was and and why he had confronted me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, there was only one entrance and exit to the store. I went in there. He was nowhere to be seen, and he hadn't come out. So I went outside, walked up and down the street for a few blocks, hoping to spot him. But he had disappeared into thin air. He wasn't anywhere to be seen. So that night I resolved I had to go back the next day to try to find him. So I went back the same time of day, same street, hoping to spot him. And I walked up and down for several blocks, couldn't see him. I was about to give up hope when I spotted him sitting all alone on a bench. So I went up to him and I said, who are you and why did you stop me the other day? And he said, well, I'm a soul just like you. I'm here to answer your questions and help you on your journey. So then my skeptical lawyer brain kicked in and I said to him, why do you think you can help me when you can't even help yourself? Because you've been sleeping on the street for weeks and you smell like a dead fish. Well, he just cracked a big smile and he said to me, You know, looks can be deceiving because you look like you're a very successful corporate lawyer with everything under control, but we both know that's just a facade. He said, If you want, turn around and go back to your office and see if you can find the answers to the questions you've been asking all these years on all those emails from your clients waiting on your computer. Well, of course, that wasn't going to happen. So my intuition was screaming at me, and, and uh, um, I said, no, I, I've got to stay here and talk to this guy. So I sat down on the bench beside him, and he told me his name was Albert, and he was really one of my spirit guides in disguise. So that was the beginning of a dialogue that we had that went off and on for uh, uh, several months. Um, and he uh, he told me that early on, he surprised me by saying that, uh, after he answered all my questions, he said, "I'm not just here to satisfy your curiosity. I want you to write a book about what I tell you." Which really surprised me because I had, I had no no idea whatsoever before that of ever writing a book. But in any event, so he answered all the big questions of life. You know, who am I? Why am I here? What's my life purpose? And what happens to me when I die? And he answered it not so sort of personally, just about me, but about everyone in on. On earth all humans so he gave a general message and he wanted me to write my my first book about what he revealed which I did my first book is dancing on a stamp and so uh, one of the interesting things about it was that um, he told me that uh, I was the only one who could see him in the flesh um, because uh, he, he appeared just manifested just for me and so if anybody had been passing by our bench that day they would have seen me sitting there all by myself, talking to myself, because they couldn't see him. And so, after the first three encounters, he no longer manifested, and he just spoke to me by telepathy, and 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 uh, he was just a voice in my head. And so that's how we carried on our conversation. So that's how I initially met him. Um, it was uh, he accosted me basically on the street.
0: That's incredible. But you know what? Because you're an attorney, you know, coming from an attorney, mm-hmm. it's more credible. It makes the story more credible, because you you know you, you look at things logically, that, that that's your job.
1: absolutely. yeah, and, and lawyers tend to be skeptical, and I was initially for maybe uh, the first uh, couple of minutes, but once I sat down and started talking to this man, whatever he said to me rang true in my heart. I just I just knew that he was telling me the truth. And so I was just really engrossed in what he was saying, and I knew that this was a an opportunity that I shouldn't pass up. I had to hear the man out. I had to talk to him. And I had to follow his guidance. And so I did. And, and, and I've never looked back. So it's, it's been great.
0: And not to make it into a joke or anything, but when you were saying that, you know, he says, well, you're the only one that could see me. You're sitting on the bench talking to him. Kind of reminds you of Quantum Leap, you know, when when, when Al would come and, and and talk with him and, you know, no, nobody else could see him because he was a hologram.
1: Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't, I, 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 can you repeat that? I don't know. Yeah, not, to turn, not to
0: turn it into a joke, but I'm saying when you were talking about sitting on the bench with him, talking mm-hmm. to him and then he says well you're the only one that can see me i was thinking of that tv show quantum leap Oh,
1: okay Sorry. But now, because now
0: was a hologram that only sam could see you know and then people would be yeah. looking at Sam yeah. like crazy because he was talking to him this is this is fabulous um what kind of things are, i mean did he tell you about the other side and what happened well, absolutely after
1: yeah he told me about the other side um i mean the other side beyond the veil uh spirit <laughs> side whatever people want to call it um yeah, he did. And, and, and basically, he said that, look, it, we're all eternal souls having a human journey on Earth. We all came from the spirit side of the other side. That's our real home. There were beings of energy, basically. And that um, so that's where we came from. We came here by our own choice. So God or the universe or no one said you have to come and live in this life. We chose it and we chose it for the purpose of, of uh, facing challenges and learning lessons that we needed for our growth and evolution as souls. So we are here to learn, acquire knowledge and wisdom. And so before each of us uh, incarnated, we prepared a life plan where we set out sort of all the major details of our proposed new lives. Okay, we picked we picked our name, we picked um, the place we we're gonna be born, the first language we had learned, and the identity of our parents, siblings, other relatives, friends, and so on. Um, and, and, and so that was a starting point of our lives. The, the, the unfortunate part is that once we are incarnated, we forget that we have a life plan and we don't know what's in it. And so that's one of the big challenges of a journey on Earth is that we don't remember where we came from, don't remember who we are, and we don't remember what we had proposed to do. So um, that's why Earth is such a challenging school because of those conditions.
0: Well, when you talk about the life plan, so every time you complete your life plan, you go back, are you able to like, to come back? You pick something else. But each time, each time you go back, you're at a higher level. Is that how it works?
1: well he doesn't really talk about levels he just talks about souls being some souls are more advanced because they've had more experiences on the denser planes and so he doesn't really break it down into levels but obviously every time you come back from a life you've learned something even if you totally screwed up you're going to learn something from that life and so you'll just sort of build from that and pick out your next life so so when you when you when everyone dies no matter what you did on this planet you go back to the spirit side doesn't matter even if you're a serial killer which, which really uh, disturbs a lot of people to think that, that people, really bad people, go back to the same place as Mother Teresa goes to. But we all go back to the same place. There is no other place. There's no hell. There's no purgatory. The, you just go back to the spirit side. And when you get back there, uh, you'll be able to see, remember once again, what you put in your life plan. So you can sit there and you have a life review where we, mm-hmm. you review in detail everything you did in in your past life. And you can sit there and check off the boxes that you hit And you can see which ones you made, which ones you didn't. And from there, you can build on that to say, okay, do I want to go back to planet Earth and try again, try to see if I can hit the ones I missed? Or do I want to say, to heck with planet Earth? And it's entirely every soul's choice. Reincarnate on Earth, stay on the spirit side, or if you want to, you can incarnate into a life form on another planet. Like the the universe is very vast. We can basically go anywhere we want to. Uh, But for the most part, he says, um, if if you don't, if you haven't met, sort of uh, met all your challenges in your last life, you're probably going to want as a moral imperative to say, well, I really should go back and try this. It's sort of like if you try to, if someone on Earth tries to run a marathon and they don't quite complete it the first time, they're probably going to say, well, I'm going to keep on doing it until I finish.
0: Uh And that's sort
1: of how souls view uh, the the reincarnation process. But if somebody is really uh, totally upset with planet Earth, they can say, no, not going back there.
0: And how long? I mean, once you pass away, how long is the duration before you come back, or does or does that vary?
1: Oh, it, it totally varies. Like it, it, some souls will want to jump back into another body like pretty quickly. Others will want to sort of just relax and regroup on the spirit side. So it's it's totally it, it varies. It's up to each soul how fast they want to come back.
0: And do they get a life review at all?
1: Oh yeah, every soul once you once you finish your life. Here, when you go back to the spirit side, you get a life review, which is really quite amazing because it's like um, it's like watching a movie in 3D. You can watch every element of your life. You can go you can go from from birth to death, or you can go in any order you want. You can uh, pause it. You can go fast forward. You can slow motion. Whatever you want to do. And the most amazing thing about a life review is that you uh, you get to hear the thoughts and feel the emotions of everyone you interacted with during your life. Is really quite amazing. So that if, for example, if you said something mean to a co-worker one day in your life review, you'd be able to feel uh, the, the hurt and the anguish of that co-worker as they they're wondering, why did this person want to hurt me? You know? And of course, as you go through life, you often hurt people inadvertently, not intentionally. Uh, but the life review just shows you, you have to be very careful about what you say to people because you might end up offending them when you don't intend to. So, you know, but it's not just the bad things. I mean, if you, If you happen to be um uh helping your elderly neighbor um you know say this is more appropriate for northern regions but uh, you know after a big snowstorm if you go and shovel your elderly neighbor's driveway um you'll be able to see feel her love and gratitude towards you as she's watching you out the window and something you might not even be aware of as you go through life so it's really quite it's really a learning tool it's there to help souls understand where they messed up where they went off course uh and and in cases where they did some good deeds, what prompted them to be a good person? And that's all sort of like to put in their in their arsenal so that when they choose their next life, they can say, OK, well, I missed this challenge. I'm going to go back and see if I can face it again. Um, and, it, and, it, and Life Review also tells you if you've got any built up negative karma from your life. And, and if you have negative karma, most souls want to go back and try to clean the slate, balance the scales. Uh, but they don't have to. So it's it's really quite an amazing experience, and and it's not life review is not designed to make um, people feel guilty or remorseful about the bad things they did. It's designed just to be a learning tool. And so when you get back to the spirit side, no one judges you. God doesn't judge you. No one judges you. You judge yourself, in effect, by by looking at what you did and then saying, well, you know, I I could have done better here, and I messed up there, and uh, I'm gonna do better next time
0: you know it's kind of like what we all wish for like you say next time it's kind of like what we all wish for here on earth you know we'll you know we say things on the, on the, on the fly Yeah, we'll hurt somebody's feelings we'll do this and then we sit down you know you think after a couple hours you think man you know i could have really handled that differently
1: yeah no and, it, and it's and it's it, it, yeah it, we go through life uh, often causing those those things and we just because we're so busy trying to get through our day-to-day experiences that we don't really pay much attention to how we affect other people I mean obviously if we say something to somebody a cruel and, and they and it they, they tear up then you know that you've probably offended them but a lot of cases they just keep it to themselves so you don't really know how you uh, that you did offend them but you get all that on the life review and, and that's why it's such a a, a great feature and it's, it's something that you know I, I had some people tell me that gosh uh, you know when I die I'm, I'm gonna be afraid of my life review. And I said, no, that's not what it's designed to do. You, you'll never be afraid of your life review. You'll look at it objectively. Um, it's just like a, you know so, somebody who's, uh, who's acting in a play, and at the end of the play, they go over the film, and they'll say, oh, I flubbed that line, and I did this wrong. That's how you look at a life on Earth. It's just like, okay, I was, I, was, like I was acting in a play. I wrote the script, but I didn't always follow the script. And so now I can see where, where I went off course.
0: Now, being an attorney, did you tell anybody that you were speaking with your spirit guide or did you just keep it to yourself?
1: Oh, well, I kept it to myself. I mean, if, if I had uh, told my law partners and clients that I had met my spirit guide, they probably would have hauled me out in a straitjacket. So I kept it to myself. And then, and I didn't tell anyone, not even my wife, nobody. And then when I retired about a year later, I started writing my manuscript and I slowly let my wife know that I was writing a book and then what it was about. And, and she was good. Like she's a very spiritual person. So she didn't think I was crazy. Told my my sons, uh, you know, after a while as well. And they were they were okay with that. Um, but but I did know, after I wrote the manuscript for Dancing on a Stamp, um, I had a battle within myself because I knew that if I published it, a lot of my former law partners, clients, other friends back in my law career days would think I had gone senile. And so I was afraid of losing that group. But then after a while, I just said, well, the heck with it. I have to publish this book. Let the chips fall where they may. And if I lose some friends, so be it. And I did. Some of my former law partners uh, don't talk to me. Uh, They they haven't said they think I'm crazy to my face, but I know they're thinking that. But, you know, so I lost a few people, but I gained so many more spiritually inclined people um, after writing my books that it's a huge advantage to me. Absolutely. No
0: question. Now, did he talk to you, did you ask at all about the dying process and what happens when, when a person dies, you know, what, what the steps are to, to, to get to the point where you do your life review?
1: Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. He said, that was one of my big questions. Is like he, when He said, you're going to go back after you die. And I said, well, w- will I be in pain? Will I be, feel a lot of distress when I'm dying? You know, what is the dying process like? And he said, no, no, it's very easy. He says, um, w- when your soul, everyone's soul decides when it's time to leave. Okay, that's your soul's decision. So he said, when your soul uh, knows the that your 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 body's about to die, you will leave your body. You will sort of hover above your body and watch the final moments like you're like you're watching a, a an objective scene somewhere. And so you won't feel any pain. You won't be distressed. You'll be very calmly objective. You'll be looking down at your at, at effectively your body, which was your vehicle during your life on Earth. Uh, watch it takes take its last breath, and uh, you won't feel any any pain or any discomfort at all. And then you'll be met by your spirit guides who will be there. They will literally take you by the hand and lead you back to the spirit side, give you all the reassurances you need that everything's fine, you're going to be all right. And then when you get back to the spirit side, you'll be met with um, what he calls a welcoming party, which will be your deceased you know, parents, grandparents, other uh, loved ones who passed on. They'll be there to greet you, to say, welcome back. Uh, glad to see you. And they'll smother you with unconditional love and they'll make you feel very comfortable. And so that's uh, something to look forward to. And I actually had a preview of that when my first trip to the spirit side with Albert on one of my astral trips, I did get to, get to meet a preview of my welcoming party. There was my mother, father, brother, and other relatives. And it was really uh, very nice, very nice experience. And that, ex- that told me, that really confirmed to me that what Albert had been saying is that everyone goes back to the spirit side. So if your parents are... Other loved ones have passed on. Do not worry about them. They're in a very nice place. They're very happy because you can't you can't be anything but joyful and happy on the spirit side. There's nothing but unconditional love there. There's no negative emotions. Uh, people don't have to eat, drink, breathe, procreate, or do any of the things that we have to do. So it's just it's basically like the heaven that a lot of religions say. Uh, but it, but it's a, an incredible place. So it's very uh, it, it's a, it's a place that you'd really want. You should look forward to going there. Uh, not to the extent that you want to curtail your life early because you have other lessons and challenges to face, um, but it's, 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 it means that you, no one should ever fear death because they're going to a great place and they can just regroup and they'll catch up with all their relatives and their friends and anyone else who's passed away. And not only that, you'll be able to see all your beloved pets too Cool, because your pets will be there. And in fact, on my in my preview of my welcoming party, in addition to my uh, human relatives, uh, my little dog, Oscar, who had passed away a few years before, he came running out to me with his tail wagging, and, uh, and I gave him a few pats, and he was so glad to see me, and I was glad to see him. So it, it's really good news for anyone who has pets.
0: That's really cool. Now, a question I have that came to mind during this is, you know, before people die, they, they tend to see people around them in their room. Are those the relatives, you know, coming to check on them, or is it the spirit guides?
1: Well, it can be both. Tip, most typically, it's it's uh, spirit guides who are there. Like someone's dying from terminal cancer, and then like the few days before they actually uh, expire, they they will see a lot of people will see, <coughs> excuse me, various spirits. Mostly it's spirit guides. It could be some of your deceased relatives too. It varies with each person. But they they come there to basically say, "Look, you're dying. Don't worry about it. We're here with you. We'll take you to the spirit side." So. Uh, you know, chill out. It's it's a natural process, and you won't feel any pain. So they're there to reassure you, which is nice. And and a lot there's a lot of people report that that that, that their uh, dying relative uh, s- reports seeing people, and they probably think that they're hallucinating or they're crazy, but they're not. Right, they're actually right. seeing spirits. Yeah. You know.
0: I remember hearing my mom from down the hallway saying, "I'm not ready. Go away." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you know, and that's and, and that's fair game because she knew why they were there and uh, and 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 why she was not ready. Don't know. Maybe she wanted to see some of her kids again. Uh, you know, yeah. they have various reasons. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Who knows? When you yeah. talk about traveling astrally to the other side, you know, to see all this stuff, how did you do that? What did, did you leave your body? You know, physically leave your body? How, how was it done?
1: Yeah, absolutely. How that happened was after I had finished my dialogue with Albert. He came back into my life in a very unusual way. I was sleeping in my bed. And something made me wake up. I sat up and I could see this ghost-like ethereal figure standing in the doorway of my bedroom. And I didn't know what the heck this was. As it moved closer to my bed, I could see it was my spirit guide, Albert. But he was in astral form. And I said, hi, Albert. What's happening now? Why are you here? He said, I've come to take you on a series of astral trips to the spirit side, to other places in the universe, other places on our planet, because I want you to write about what you see and hear on these trips. Uh, and he said, by the way, you're not done with one book. You have to write four or five more. So <laughs> that really threw me for a loop. I was like, whoa. But I had learned uh, that it doesn't pay to argue with spirit because they're eventually going to win. So you might as well just quit digging your heels in and just go along with the flow. And so I did. I said, okay, well, let's go and I'll start writing my books. And so so my last four books are all about my astral trips with Albert. So it's quite interesting.
0: You know, you're not the first one that, that that's told me that. So that I mean, it's obvious that they. I'm going to put my arm up here. I can't. You know, I hate cameras. Okay, it's obviously that they want people down here to know what's going on because maybe there's a lot of fear. You know, people have a lot of fear about dying.
1: Yes, the, the, absolutely, and and, and it, yeah, there's a, the great majority of people. I think have a fear of dying. It's it, because it's the unknown. It's like what's going to happen to me? Do I continue to exist or do I disappear into nothingness? Uh, for le- religious people, they may say, "Well." God, am I going to go to hell or purgatory or some other awful place? You know, like it, people are really, a lot of people are really quite concerned. So what Albert was trying to say through me was that don't worry about it. You can go back to, uh, um, you know, a beautiful place. And don't worry if you've messed up because everyone messes up to some degree here. Uh, you're still going to go back there and then you can just regroup. And so it really takes the fear out of death for people who, who listen to Albert and believe what he says, which I certainly do. And so now I'm not... Not the least bit concerned, and I know that uh, it's going to be a an easy and painless transition. You know, and like he said, if you were to die in a car accident, you'd leave your body just before the impact, and you'd be watching the final moments as your as your as your body slammed into whatever to kill it. Uh, but and, and so it's it's a very easy process. It's not not something you're not going to be sort of laying on the on the pavement writhing in agony and pain. Uh, you will be sort of hovering above your body, as I mentioned before. So it's very easy transition.
0: Wait, let's go back to the um, astral journey. So he came to you to take you on the journey. So did, did you feel anything when when you went? I mean, was there some kind of sensation?
1: No, he just, I mean, he he, he basically just reached uh, his hand out and grabbed my, uh, my astral hand and pulled my astral body out of my physical body. And my physical body, when I looked around, was still back in bed, sound asleep. Uh, so I didn't really feel anything. It was an easy sort of slip out of my body. Um, But I was sort of like an astroform, sort of semi-transparent. And then he said, come on with me. And and he took me by the hand and we rose up through the ceiling. You know, When you're an astroform, you can go through walls, ceilings, whatever, like there's nothing there. Um, And so we rose up through the clouds. Uh, We stopped high above our our planet. He let me turn around to look at our beautiful planet, which is just incredibly beautiful from that perspective. It's like a, a jeweled pendant hanging in the inky blackness of space. It was just amazing. And then from there, we went through the Shimmering Doorway, which he called the Doorway to the Spirit side, and we went through there. And, and on the other side, we were in a beautiful meadow. It was like uh, lush green grass and wildflowers in like a thousand different colors. It, you could even describe them in English language, uh, beautiful trees. Um, and then um, we walked up a small hill. And on the other side, I saw my I mentioned my my welcoming group preview where my relatives were there. So we walked down and, uh, and, and talked to them. And then from there, he took me to this beautiful white city called Aglea, which is one of their cities on the spirit side, with gleaming white, beautiful buildings. Um, and, uh, and we walked uh, down the main boulevard, and we came to uh, what he called the Hall of Wisdom. We went inside there, and in a large circular room, we uh, met with uh, what he called the Council of Wise Ones, which is a, at that time, there was a group of 11 very wise advanced souls uh you know they have snow white hair and and smooth skin and they look they looked amazing very regal and they told me that their their job was to oversee all the incarnations on planet earth and so when somebody was planning was when anyone was preparing a life plan um, they, they would have it reviewed by a member of the council and, and oh, no. the council was there to give them advice like they, they didn't want uh, souls to pick out Um, too many harsh conditions in a life because then they might just get frustrated and give up, not learn anything. Nor did they want souls to pick an easy, cushy life where they wouldn't learn much either. And so they were trying to get a balance for each soul. And they knew where every soul had been, what their experience had been, what their journey had been like. And so they could sort of say, well, we think maybe you should try this or that. But ultimately, every soul has a final decision. So if you want to say, no, I'm not listening to you guys, you can go ahead and do that. But you only have to do that a couple of times before you realize they were right. And you should listen to them.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, That just made me think about that. When you talk about, you know, the pick hardships in their life, what happens to somebody that commits suicide?
1: They go back to spirit side too. And, and, and and there's there's no punishment. There's no uh, derision. There's nobody sort of shuns people who commit suicide. What happens is the person who did that will realize, "Uh Oh, I committed suicide because I couldn't face up to some challenge I was facing and they sort of said okay well i guess that means i'm gonna have to go back and try again and so basically suicide just means your soul is cutting short a life uh for no good reason and they're gonna have to face those challenges again in the future so so it's not they're not punished or or or, uh ostracized The, the people just say look at you know you realize now that you shouldn't have done that if you had hang hung in there you would have got past this challenge and you lived out your life naturally uh but it, anyway, there's no big detriment for doing it other than you've kind of wasted a nice life.
0: Uh-huh. I just wondered about that. Now, you mentioned other planets. Let's talk about that a little bit. Were you able to, to visit in any of those, or did he just tell you about them?
1: No, no I did visit a number of them. Um, I One of the first planets he took me to was a water planet. It was many light years from Earth. Uh, it was called Proteus, and so it was entirely totally covered in oceans. It looked like Earth, except there was no land masses. Um, on the surface. And so we went there, we dropped down through the ocean. um, And there I had a conversation with um, a humpback whale and a dolphin. They looked exactly like our cetaceans and and had a conversation with them. And they said, well, uh, we look like your your uh, whales and dolphins on Earth, because um, your whales and dolphins were originally seeded from life on Proteus. And that's where they came from. So that's why we were all virtually identical. And all the sea life, the other fish and the, and the plants and the coral reefs all were seeded from Proteus on planet Earth. And so their message to me was quite simple. They said they stayed in telepathic contact with the whales and dolphins on Earth. And they didn't like what they heard because the, the whales and dolphins on Earth are saying, well, you know, why are humans hunting and trapping us and killing us and imprisoning us in water parks? We don't like that. We just want to live in peace and harmony with humans. We don't know why they're doing this to us but we'd like them to stop. And so uh, the, the message from these two on Proteus was, go back to planet Earth and try to tell your fellow humans that we need to stop this abuse of dolphins, whales, and other creatures on your planet. So it's quite a, uh, quite a quite uh, you know a heartfelt message. And I've been trying to do that in my books. And hopefully, someday, humans will stop doing what they have been doing to these creatures. Because they're really very sensitive, intelligent creatures. And they can communicate by telepathy. So in that sense, they're more advanced than humans because most humans cannot do that, uh-huh. um, but they can communicate by telepathy, and they just want to live in peace and harmony with us.
0: Very So that sure. was one
1: planet. Um, uh, I, I went to uh, another, well, two other planets that actually had human civilizations, and that's just, this is quite interesting because on the the the, the one planet, uh, it was um, basically a matriarchal society. It was a society, There were humans, there but the society was run entirely by women. Um, and so the men um, were very uh, deferential. Um, they didn't cause any problems. They weren't allowed to hold any power or authority. And the main reason that they were so docile was because of their low testosterone levels, which resulted from the, all the, the male babies, uh, boys getting sterilized at the age of three. So they had no testosterone level. They didn't care about women running the planet. They were happy just to go ahead and, enjoy sports and recreation and so on so they weren't abused or subjugated they were just happy to be where they were and they didn't miss their sex drive because they didn't remember having any of it so the so the women uh, ran it uh ran their society they ran it very well because they um, they had differences but they always managed to um settle their differences in a friendly manner so they didn't have wars or crime uh so it was it it was run a very beautiful beautifully run planet um and how, and how all started was a, a long time ago they were a patriarchal society like some places on our planet uh, where women were abused and subjugated and then a woman had a dream one night where she was told that there was a plant in the forest that if you fed it to the men it would drop your testosterone level down to almost nothing so gradually over time they did this and then the men and then they started the, the chemical sterilization so they didn't have sex obviously and their babies were formed by uh, incubating from a sperm bank from a few males that were not sterilized. And so that was their society. Now that's, that's a very extreme. I mean, that's an extreme on one side, some of our countries have an extreme on the patriarchal side. But I remember when I left that planet, I said to Albert, has this civilization ever visited earth? And he said, no, I mean, they're very advanced, but he said they hadn't developed interstellar travel yet. And I, I gave a sigh of relief and I said, thank God, I was hoping I wouldn't have to rush back to Earth to warn all the men uh, <laughs> fear that we might end up singing like the Vienna Boys Choir.
0: <laughs>
1: so that was, that was a matriarchal extreme. So then he took me just to show you uh, that humans, uh, human civilizations can get it right. And we went to another planet, which is very, um, very modern, uh, technologically advanced. They had interstellar travel. And, and, and th- this is a, a planet where the men and women were, in all respects, absolutely equal. There was no differences of, of any kind. It was just inherent in them. Um, and they didn't have um, any negative emotions. They didn't have fear, anger, hate, greed, all the stuff that plagues our planet. And when I said, how did this re- result? And, and, and uh, the, the person I was talking to said, well, a long time ago, our scientists discovered that, the, that there was a defective gene that caused negative emotions. And so over the time with genetic engineering, they managed to eradicate this gene from their species. And so they didn't have problems with negative emotions. And so they had a very happy society. And the other thing that was, they were all fit and trim. Like they were all, they all looked like uh, um, yoga instructors, you know, or fitness personal instructors, you know, absolutely not an ounce of fat on any of them. And Mm -hmm. I said, how how does this happen? And and they said, well, the other thing our scientists developed was uh, what they call a diet pill. And you take this pill, you can eat as much food, drink whatever you want and not gain an ounce of weight and, and no cholesterol, no other health problems. And so they realized that they really enjoyed eating and drinking like humans do. And so that you take this pill, you can go out to restaurants and, and uh, eat all kinds of decadent food and you're still very healthy with no weight gain. So that was amazing. And I said to, to this person, I said, can you give me the formula for this, <laughs> for this pill? Because <laughs> I'm sure that people on Earth, certainly myself, would love to have it. And they said, no, you, have to, you guys have to develop that on your own. We're not going to give you a, the answer to everything on a silver platter. So unfortunately, we don't have it. But the good news is it's good to know that there was a human civilization that I visited that had gotten everything pretty much right. So it wasn't matriarchal, it wasn't patriarchal, it was equally divided, and they had a very happy existence. So give me encouragement that maybe someday humans on earth could get to the same place. We just have to work hard at
0: right, it. Right, right, right. Gosh, take my money on the pill. I'm sure
1: a lot of humans would like to have that pill.
0: Oh yeah. Um, It'd be great to look like a dog. We run around looking great. Like I was in high school, man. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, you know, this, this is all incredible to me. I, I just think it's wonderful that, they chose you. Why do you think you were chosen?
1: Well, Albert, uh yeah, I asked him that question. He said that he and I planned this encou- his encounter with me before I incarnated. But of course, I didn't remember any of it. But he so. said he we, we planned this, and he said he thought that he that I would be a, a good candidate for this encounter because in some of my past lives I'd had some experience writing books, and so they mm-hmm. thought that would be it, that that might leak through to my current life, and so I'd be able to write some books because they didn't want to. Have an encounter with somebody who couldn't string two sentences together because w- the, the message would not get broadcast. So they they took a chance on me. Albert did. Uh, thankfully, it worked out. I, I you know I have written five books and um, so you know who knows when he's going to ask me to write more. I don't know, but but anyway, that's that's how it was. Me, and he said that that I was just one of his messengers. He has many other messengers on planet Earth. He wouldn't say who they were. Maybe you're one of them. I don't know. Yeah, we (laughs)
0: don't know. You're on the show, right?
1: (laughs) You you know, and and, and his messengers are probably people who write books or have radio or TV shows or speak at presentations. Um, Some of them may know that they are his messengers, others may not be aware because he may just send them telepathic, you know, intuitive messages that get them going. Excuse me. But um, that is so. um, Yeah, I'm just one of them. I'm a small cog in the big wheel.
0: What was the thing that impressed you the most about what he showed you?
1: Um, well, the spirit side is is really what impresses me the most. I mean, I mean, some some of the things I saw in the universe and other civilizations were really quite impressive. But to me personally, seeing how people uh, lived and uh, you know spent their time on the spirit side was really quite amazing. You know, and it's not it's not like I mean, when I was a child, I was raised as a Catholic, and they always said, well, you have to be good, you can go to heaven. And they didn't really say what heaven was, a lot, was about. So I had this vision of heaven where people were, are, are laying on white clouds and listening to harp music, which would be really quite boring, I think. So anyway, Spirit Side is, it's very active. People are there, they're, um, you can go to lectures, you can go to concerts, you can play uh, sports games, you can do recreational things. It's really quite a, a, a vivid and active uh, community over there. Um, and uh, so it's not, it's not like just sitting around and being bored. It's, it's, totally opposite of that so it's a place that everyone should want to go to um, and and we all will get there um and and uh you know whether we have another incarnation or not is totally up to you, us
0: right right. it sounds so it just sounds so wonderful and i wish i'd get the opportunity to see that stuff you know firsthand like that because wow you know it makes you not afraid to die
1: oh absolutely it gives you total comfort about where you are who you are and where you're going to go um but you should be comforted i mean uh, you know, everyone will get there. Everyone has their own time. And it, you know, one of the things that did surprise me a bit about what Albert said was he said every soul uh, has the right to decide when to exit. So that when you prepare your life plan, you'll put in five or six exit points. And when you and when you come along in life and you come to the first exit point, your soul can say, "Okay, do I want to leave or do I want to keep on going?"
0: Mm-hmm. And so,
1: if you decide to keep on going, then you go to the next exit point. And so. He basically said no one dies by accident so if somebody dies in a car accident it wasn't really an accident it was th- that person's soul decided to use that as their means of exit exiting the incarnation so which means may seem strange to a lot of people but that's that ha- that's how it works and so our souls are in control our human minds are not aware of what our souls are doing mm-hmm. or what they're thinking and so that's why we don't know as humans you know when is my soul planning to leave and so that's just one of the great mysteries that we have to deal with when we're having a journey on earth
0: what other types of questions did did, uh, did you ask him i'm sorry what other types of questions did you ask him
1: oh well i mean obviously the 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 main one the main ones are who am i well he said you're an eternal soul why am i here because i chose this life um you know what's my life purpose uh, well, he said, you know, the general one is to is to uh, do good and try to love other people and try to and try to do good things. He wouldn't tell me specifically what was in my life plan because he said I'm not supposed to know that. But but he said everyone has set out goals in their life plans and we're trying to fulfill that. Um, and so those are really the big questions. And well, and of course, being raised as a Roman Catholic, I said, you know, what's the rule of God? Um, oh. He calls God the source, and he said, well. God didn't put you here. God does not make um, rules for you to follow on Earth. Even though all the religions say, "Yeah, here's our rules, and they came from God," and yeah. God does not control or manipulate events. So God, the source, is like a passive observer. They're watching uh, souls incarnate, and they're just watching. They don't, they don't have, they don't make any judgment um, about what you're doing. They don't put you there. And then the big thing, of course, is that um, when when we die, we're not judged by God. There's no judgment. There's no punishment, uh, which which makes me happy. But, uh, you know, there'd be a lot of people who'd be quite upset at the fact that murderers and rapists uh, get to go to the same place as I do. Uh, that doesn't really bother me because I because I know how the cycle of reincarnation works and, uh, and I'm okay with that. But I've heard a lot of people say, well, that's not just, that can't be right. You know, the bad people should go to hell. Well, there is no hell. So you have to get used to it. <laughs>
0: good to know good to know on yeah. the subject of reincarnation now are, are there people that i don't know if you want to call them mistakes or accidents are there are, are there people that are able to come back and, and remember their past lives or not
1: well you can uh, no you can when you're on earth you can't really remember your past lives you may get it the odd glimpse of one here and there in a dream or something you can't remember them all when you get back to the spirit side you can remember everyone you've had whether you've had five lives or two hundred and, you, and, even, and if you had lives on other planets, they're all there. And, and the other beautiful thing, and, and this is all in the Akashic Records, which they hold the records of every life that's ever been lived anywhere in the universe. So you can go to the Akashic Records when you're back there, and uh, you can view the details of anyone else's life that you want. So you, if, you want to, if you're curious about what did Henry VIII really do during his life, mm-hmm. or what did Joan of Arc really do, or whoever, uh, you know, how did... How did uh, Cleopatra and, and Mark Anthony get along? You, know, you, can, you can watch their past lives the same as you can yours. There's, there's, there's no secrets on the spirit side. Everything's very transparent. You can't go back to the spirit side and pretend that you were good when you weren't really a good person because it's just all clear to everyone. So, it, so there's no point in doing that. You just sort of go with it. And if you're curious, you could spend eons in the Cache of Records looking at uh, other people's lives if you're, if you're curious and certainly you can look at all of your all of your own not just the past one but any any other one that you've lived so it's it's quite interesting
0: another question i have is like you say you, you were met you know fire welcome group now once you're over there can you meet other people as well
1: oh absolutely you can you can meet all the souls over there you can meet uh, well i you know because there's no linear time on the spirit side no one has any deadlines or timetables so there's there's time enough for everyone So there's only the big now on the spirit side no past no future and so you can meet anyone you want like i've met jesus and his mother mary and mary magdalene uh and uh albert einstein and moses and uh, marie antoinette just to name a few of them you can go you you can literally go and talk to anyone you want to and 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 it's not like they're going to say i'm busy i don't have time for you because they have all the time in eternity and so you can go and talk to anyone you want
0: interesting very interesting and what about in, I know I'm, I'm trying to pick your brain here, but you know you see these movies where people can create their own realities when, when you're on the other side. Like say you, you want to live in, I don't know, Hawaii or someplace. Are, are people able to do that?
1: Yes. There, there, there's a, the process over there is called thought creation, which basically means you create things by your thoughts. Very powerful. So if you want to live uh, on a beach in Hawaii, you can create that for yourself. You want to live in a log cabin in the mountains, you can do that. Uh, you know, if you want to go to another place in the spirit side, you can just think that you want to go there and you go there. Or if you want to, you can create a red Ferrari and drive there so you can do all these things. But but, you know, uh, and, and people newly uh, arrived at the spirit side will often do a lot of these things, uh, but then they'll realize that they don't really need to do that. And so but, but you, yeah, you can you can create all these things. And and for some people, if they really feel like they were bad people and that they when they're dying, they think, well, I'm for sure I'm going to hell. Well, they can actually temporarily create a hell for themselves, which is just an illusion. Uh, but then they'll soon be pulled away from there by their guides, who will say, "No, there is no hell, and you're just creating an illusion for yourself." So you, you can create a lot of different things um, that you want. And so, for you know, for people who are who are re- religious, I mean, when they first get over there, they may may want to see their religious figure. It may be Jesus, it may be mm-hmm. Moses, it may be Muhammad, uh, Buddha, whoever. Uh, you know, and 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 those are the so they can get to see those scenes if it makes them feel more comfortable as they first get over until they sort of get their 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 legs under them and they realize who they are and 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 what's happening over there.
0: A the thought that just occurred was, um, you see your family members and everything over there. Now, what happens when somebody reincarnates? Do does part uh, of you yeah, yeah,
1: there? you still see them because here here's the here's the trick. Every night. When we're asleep, our souls travel on the astral plane, and we can go back to the spirit side. So when, so if my mother, for example, has was reincarnated, when I go back over there, I will see her on one of her nightly uh, trips on the astral plane. So, so everyone astral travels. We're just not allowed to remember it. Uh, and and when we astral travel, we typically go to the spirit side, and we have a huddle with our spirit guides to see, okay, how are we doing? It's like a football team at halftime huddling with their coach about what they. Uh, did in the in the first half and what they should do in the next half and so that's what we do every night uh, so it's not so i was fortunate to be allowed to remember my astral trips but everyone actually does it
0: okay right okay. and can people come back and forth to check out their loved ones just you know like the legends say
1: oh yeah 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 so yeah so when you're at night when you're astral traveling you, you can go to the spirit side or you can go to other places um on earth to check on your loved ones so you want to see what you're what your mother's doing, or what your son or daughter is doing, uh, in whatever city they live, you can just go and check on them. They don't know you're there. But you're just you're you're watching to see what they're doing, how they're doing. Uh, they would if it's at night, they're probably asleep, although they may be awake. You don't know. But anyway, that's one way of of uh, getting comfort about what your loved ones on Earth are doing, uh, and so that happens quite often.
0: Is there anything people miss when they're on the other side?
1: Ah, uh, no. Because whatever you miss on the other side, whatever you miss from that you enjoyed on planet Earth, you can create for yourself on the spirit side. So if, if you if you like dining in restaurants, for example, you can create those restaurants for yourself on the spirit side and you can eat even though, you can eat that that food even though you don't need to eat. Uh, but you, so you can basically, whatever you miss, you can recreate on the spirit side. And in terms of, of people, you don't really miss them. If the, if the people are still incarnated on, on, on Earth, you know they'll be back in a short period of time. Because of no linear, linear time, a lifetime of 80 years on Earth for a human is just mm-hmm. the blink of an eye over there. So, you know, your loved one is still on Earth. Well, they'll be back before you can turn around.
0: See, that's what I wonder because, uh, you know, like you say, you die, you come back, and then the, your loved one's all gray-haired or something, you know, because because, because because of the time difference. So when you do come back, I mean, well, you probably don't know this, but I mean, when you, when you do come back, do you just see them as, as they were when they were younger, or are you going to see them aged?
1: Um, yeah, it can be uh, it can be both ways. Sometimes the, they will appear to you uh, in the prime of their lives, like if that's thirty five or forty, they'll appear there. Um, if it's necessary to make the the, the, the returning soul comfortable, they will appear as they last were seen by that soul. So it can vary depending on what the soul is expecting. I mean, if you're if you're expecting to see your seventy year old mother then she will show up as that way, um, but but in some cases, they'll show up as in the prime of their life, sort of. A, and then, of course, a, a souls in the spirit side can change their appearance anytime they want to. They can they can look like they were in their last life, or they can look like they were in one of their other lives that they particularly enjoyed, and so, and they can change it as often as they want. And there's never a problem with recognizing them because everyone has a unique energy signature that you can just tell another soul immediately. And so when I first went to the spirit side and I'm walking down the street in this white city, uh, it looked like a costume ball because the souls were dressed in many different garments from many different countries, many different ages. And Albert said, well, they're just choosing to show themselves in a, as they were in a life that they particularly enjoyed. But for souls who don't want to do that, they just show up as, as glowing balls of energy, which is really our natural state.
0: Now that brings me back to another, to another question. Like when, like, like when we're ghost hunting, you talk about the glowing balls of energy, you know, when we run into what we call orbs. So that's essentially what we're seeing.
1: Yeah, you're, you're, you're seeing somebody in their natural form. Um, and a lot of people ask me about ghosts. They'll say, well, what are ghosts and how come they're hunting houses and so on. Basically, Albert says a, a ghost is a, a soul uh, who's left their body because their body died and they're temporarily confused. They don't really realize that, that their body has died. That's just very temporary, and so they decide to hang around their house. And often they will, um, you know, bang cupboard doors and turn lights on and off because they're trying to get the attention of people. They can't understand why the people in the house don't see them, uh-huh. uh, or they would, or see them as a ball of energy, or whatever. And so they, they that's why they make all this racket. Uh, but but it's a very short period of time because very quickly their guides will say, "Come on, you're dead. Let's go to the spirit side." So it's, I mean, I, I, I say very shortly. It could be 200 years that they're haunting a house, but that's a very well, short period of time on the spirit side.
0: Absolutely, Athena has a question. She says, uh, "I would like to know about his encounter with the goddess Athena."
1: Oh yeah, she was very. I, I described this in one of my books. She was an incredibly beautiful. She appeared to me incredibly beautiful woman um, who uh, um, we actually uh, Albert took me to her basically her castle on the spirit side and she was there and she described her her life briefly on earth um and uh, she 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 also said that you know uh, everyone on on earth has to uh uh has to try to do their best in terms of of being uh, loving and compassionate on earth um and and she said that uh you know everyone's purpose in life um doesn't stay the same when you're when you're a child you're immediate life purpose is to go to school and learn Mm -hmm. and then when you get out of school your immediate life purpose is to get a career and earn some money and do the things that humans do and then later on so your life purpose is kind of changing all the time but your your overriding life purpose is to try to help other humans and to be a loving and compassionate person so um but but i I go into more detail in my book which i don't want to get into here Uh, please please read my book but she's amazingly uh wise and lovely person and i really enjoyed meeting her
0: so that brings me to to another question then you you met the goddess athena who was in you know who's greek mythology did those gods actually exist
1: no they didn't exist that was just mythology yeah and and even though the people in in, in greece thought that she was a goddess i mean that was just their view of her because she was so wise and compassionate in, in in her life um okay. but no those the greek gods did not exist um the same way as the roman gods don't or the any other religion they don't really exist they were just created by their religions or by the by the people who who thought that they were you know back in those days they thought they were gods like there was more than one so no they don't really exist but the, it, they certainly uh appeared to people of their time as being gods or goddesses and and that's how things worked out and of course when when those people uh, died and crossed over to the spirit side, they would realize the truth. But when they were on earth, they really did believe in these gods.
0: I guess it's kind of like going to the, 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 like the Salem witch trials. you know, when everybody thought these women, because they had psychic abilities or whatever, were witches. I yeah, and in
1: fact, yeah, and in fact, I had an encounter with, uh, with a spirit who, who had been uh, – um accused of being a witch back in salem back in those days and she told the story i mean it was literally she was um an independent woman she was very bright very self-sufficient um didn't really socialize with other people very much and because she was sort of in their view weird they thought well she must be uh she must be a witch in league with the devil and they did that a lot like it was really hard on independent-minded women in those days because they believed in those days that women should be subjugated you know um, stay in the house, raise kids, cook and clean, and so on. So if you try to do something different, uh, the men of the society would basically say, "Well, she must be a witch." And so this lady actually went through that, um, and she had a she had a trial, and they basically they didn't have any solid evidence, but they convicted her, and she was hung. So that was her story, which is really quite tragic. But unfortunately, a lot of women went through that uh, uh-huh. back in Salem and other places, and you know, England and other countries.
0: Uh-huh. Now, when you leave your body like that, like even at the moment of death, is there any sensation whatsoever? Do you feel yourself like, you know, as if it's a release or anything like that?
1: Oh yeah, everybody, everybody who's who's uh, they're release from the body, it's it's a feeling of it's euphoric. It's sort of like a feeling of freedom. I'm free from my body. I'm free from all the things that have been bothering my body. You know, the the the, the earthly uh, things that we have to undergo. It's a feeling of of exhilaration joy, happiness to say, you know, I'm finally out of my body. It was good. It was a good trip, but I'm glad to be out of there and I'm going to a very lovely place. So it's it's a, it's a very wonderful feeling.
0: Cause I, you know, I've got, I've got congestive heart failure. And so it makes me wonder if when my time comes, am I, you know, once I'm released, am I still going to have that in the back of my mind? You know, Hey, I've got this sickness or not, is it not going to be there anymore?
1: Oh, it absolutely won't be there. Any of your uh, uh, bodily afflictions that you have on earth uh, you know once you pass out it's all gone this you leave all of that behind you leave all that just, you don't take any of that with you just like mm-hmm. you don't take your money or your possessions with you you don't take your afflictions with you and you will remember having them because that's part of your of your life experience on earth but you but you have no uh n- nothing trails you nothing follows you uh so you're there on the spirit side you're just healthy and wholesome uh and very joyful and happy and and, and there's no there's no pain or suffering there's no disease there's no nothing on the spirit side like we have on earth so it's just it's a wonderful carefully uh joyful place
0: and how many years have you been in contact with your spirit guide
1: well i first met him in may of 2007 so is that 15 years no yeah 15 years i guess
0: and then is he still in contact with you
1: Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, we don't we don't speak every day, but we do communicate every now and then. And uh, he still is taking me on astral trips. I haven't I haven't written about any of the recent ones lately, uh, but I'm still enjoying where he takes me. Uh, and I'm not going to talk about them because I'm, I, he may want me to put him in a book someday. So, but yeah, he's still around, and I still take some trips with him. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just a great relationship. I mean, I I I, I couldn't couldn't be happier after having met him compared to what I was before where I was a, a straight laced stuff, shirt, corporate lawyer. Now I'm, now I'm just crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, what about the future of the earth and humanity? Has he talked about that? He- yeah,
1: absolutely. He says that we're at a crucial crossroads. Like we have, uh, we've developed advanced technology, uh, but our spiritual and emotional intelligence has not kept pace. And so he says we have weapons of mass destruction. We could destroy all life on our planet if we unleash these. So he says we really got to pull hard to, to avoid that because he said there's been human civilizations on Earth before that have risen to great heights like Atlantis, Lemuria, then they crashed and burned. And he says they really don't want our current civilization to, to suffer the same fate. So he's really, And that's why uh, the Council of Wise Ones, are, they're sending lots of very advanced souls to incarnate on planet Earth. Uh, to try to spread the the message of love and compassion, because they want us to succeed. And so when I said, "Will we succeed?" and he said, "Well, I can't tell you that, but I'm optimistic that uh, that you guys can pull through." So he wouldn't he wouldn't tell me. I mean, obviously, if he said, "Yeah, you guys it's a sure thing. You're you're guaranteed to to make it," then we'd all give up. And on the other hand, if he said, "Yeah, you guys are all doomed," we'd also give up. So he wants us to continue to pull and try to be better people and and spread his message around
0: absolutely so what's next for you
1: what's next for me um i'm just waiting for albert to give me my marching artist and if he says you need to write another book well then i'll do it um so in the meantime i'll try to spread his continue to spread his message on radio shows and and uh podcasts and um you know conference presentations and whatever i mean that's that 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 is my purpose in life right now is to spread his message so hopefully There'll be more and more humans who will make the trek up the spiritual ladder uh, and, and, and become more enlightened. So that's that's my goal.
0: Absolutely. And how long did it take you to write the first book?
1: Well, that was a long one. That probably took me oh a year and a half or maybe two, because I was new at writing a book and I, you know, I would sort of write some and then I'd leave it for a while, and then I have to I did probably eight or nine edits of my first book. Second, and the rest of the books were much faster. So, uh, the, 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 the rest of them were maybe anywhere from six months to nine months from start to finish. And I could get away with maybe one or two edits. And so I got, got better at the writing game as I went on. Uh, first one was really quite painful <laughs> trying to write a book, and I'd never did it before. So
0: I can imagine. And hell, and, and when did the uh, out of body stuff start with him? Was it right away or?
1: No, it wasn't after. It was until after I had written and published my first manuscript for Dancing on a Stamp, and it was sometime after that. And he actually, when I finished the first the dialogue and I wrote my book, and he had sort of disappeared from my life for a little while, and then he just showed up that night in my bedroom, and he didn't tell me he was coming. He always came unannounced. I never knew when he was coming, and he'd never tell me where we were going. It was like a big surprise, but I got used to it. Whenever he showed up, it was like, okay, where are we going now, Albert? And it was always very uh, interesting, very enlightening. Um, and it was always, you know, I, I just, you know, frankly, I wish I could just travel continuously on the astral plane with him. But he said that he didn't want to overload my puny human mind.
0: Uh-huh. So he'd
1: take me on short excursions and then I'd go back into my body. And the next morning I'd wake up and I'd remember where I'd been. And I'd go to my computer and bang out my notes. Uh, and that those formed the basis for my manuscript. But he just said, if I you too much in one night, Going to be overwhelmed. <laughs> and he's probably right.
0: And how has the response been to the books?
1: Oh, pretty good. Yeah, actually, very, very, very positive. Uh, most people are very complimentary. I get a lot of emails. I get comments on my, I, I, I post, uh, you know, on my radio shows, I post the recordings on my website and my YouTube channel. I get some very good comments. I do get the odd negative comment by religious people who say, uh, you know, you're, you're, t- you're talking a, a lot of uh, blasphemy and you're going to go to hell for sure. You know, I get a few of those, but I just ignore it. But overall, the, the response has been very positive, And I've uh, I've met a lot of very interesting people because of my books uh-huh. that I wouldn't have uh, still practicing law. So it's it's been an amazing experience.
0: Now tell us a little bit about your radio show before you go.
1: Oh, I don't have a radio show, but I've been on, a guest on, on okay, radio yeah. shows. I think, I think this is uh radio show number 174 for me since okay, I published okay. my book. So, so I, I decided to, some people have said I should have my own radio show and I, and I thought about it and I thought, no, it's probably better for me just to be a guest. It's uh, a lot easier for me. And, uh, you know, and, and that way it's a good way to promote Albert in my books. And and so, uh, so I've been been on a lot of radio shows and probably hopefully will be on some more. Um, and, uh, so it's been a good experience, and I, every every recording I do of a radio show, I, as I said, I post on my YouTube channel, so people sure. can go there and they can listen to any of them. And uh, um, and I've had some really good experiences for sure.
0: Absolutely, I want to thank you for coming on. This was fantastic. I really appreciate it. I'd love to have you on later on. You know, to talk more about this stuff. Uh, it's just it's just it's just so fascinating to me, and I know my audience enjoyed it immensely
1: well well, you're quite welcome thank you for inviting me it's been delightful and absolutely i'll come on your show again it's it's been it's been a great experience
0: all right sir well you have a good rest of the evening okay
1: you too take care
0: you too bye-bye okay guys i learned a lot i know you did too that's wow i'm gonna wow i'm gonna wrap my head around that anyway uh tomorrow we'll be back on our usual time at 6 30 p.m pacific l sydney fisher is going to be with us and we're going to be talking about Ghosts of Mississippi and Ghosts of the South. So join us tomorrow for that show. Um, again, I'm teaching a class on Saturday on, psychic, on basic psychic development, you know, introduction. If you're interested in that, uh, check it out at the California Haunts Meetup site. And also check out californiahaunts.org. That's our investigation site for the team. And of course, there's the radio site, californiahaunts.com. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. Equal opportunity here, and if you're watching from YouTube and you see that little ghost down in the bottom right-hand corner with the magnifying glass and the Sherlock Holmes hat on, please click on him because that would be a subscription button. We have more than 250 videos over there, varying topics, not just paranormal. I'm a journalist by trade; what I do, and I like to have different topics. Um, let's see. I'm just trying to make sure I get everything straight. I think that just about covers it, except for the fact that you see that ticker at the bottom of the page. And uh, we're expanding, you know, we're expanding into TikTok and all these other things. But, you know, we still have costs like equipment and different things like that. Transportation for the paranormal team and stuff like that. It all goes back into equipment. There's no no personal funds taken for anything. So if you could find it in your heart to help me out a little bit, make those bills and uh, replace old and dead equipment, that would be great. And that's PayPal.me at California Haunts. Or if you're uncomfortable with PayPal, uh, hit me—you know—hit it up at Venmo and just type in California Hots. But again, tomorrow we'll be on at 6:30 p.m. with L. Cindy Fisher, uh, Ghost of Mississippi. So I'm going to go ahead and give you uh, Garrett's contact—it's um, just one of those days. Garrett's contact information, and you can check all that out. And I'll show you all his books. He does have five books out on this topic, so uh, check it out. And then I'm going to bug out of here. Websites, Garnet Schulhauser YouTube channel, garnetschulhauser.com and garnetschulhauserghht.com. And the book is Dancing on a Stamp. And the other book is Dance of Heavenly Bliss, Dance of Eternal Rapture. dancing forever spirit and the last book is dancing with angels in heaven and of course those are available at amazon.com well I hope you enjoy I hope you enjoyed this show as much as I did I will see you guys too okay, hey'm I will see you guys tomorrow and uh, I'm really looking forward to our guest tomorrow as well so I will see you guys and thank you all for coming I really appreciate it have a good night